DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulation News to Sup. You're here with Janice Palaganis and... Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. So I know that uh, IMSH is uh, coming up uh, in a month or so. Oh, right. Months. Yeah, and, I just uh, dropped a ton of money on people. the registration and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and people uh, at CMS have submitted a lot of workshops, and I know that you As always usual. are are uh, uh, contemplating workshops. Uh, I'm just yeah. uh, kind of curious how you go about preparing for a workshop. Preparing for a workshop? Well, I think, I think the first lesson that I've learned from being with CMS is trimming down on the number of workshops because I think um, I used to think that everything was important and would sign up for all of them, and then I'd be running around like I had my head chopped off, just teaching, 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 teaching. And I've realized through our processes at the Center for Medical Simulation how we do selection and assignment and making sure it's along the lines of our strategic goals and wheelhouse and, you know, all the conversations we have around it. Um, It's just a much more thoughtful process that it gives me the time to actually prepare in depth for the workshops I am involved with, you know, going from 12 workshops to two or four, you know, it's, it's very, very different. And I think the first step is making time for it and choosing wisely. I always think that uh, the workshops that I care about with some passion are the ones that turn out the best. Uh-huh. And the ones that I'm asked to do just because they need another warm body to participate <laughs> uh, uh, are not so hot. And so I agree with you. I think picking the topic that you really care about is, uh-huh. uh, is so important. You know? Yeah. That, that'll show through when you do your presentation. Yeah. I, I, I think the other thing is the topic... I've learned because I feel like I have presented on many, many things that we were just starting to do um, and have now chosen to present on things where we have a lot of experience. And I think the hardest thing, just like, uh, you know, some of the Pecha Kucha sessions where you're taking a huge topic and putting it into a compressed amount of time, I think that process of paring down everything to the nuts and bolts and, and the things that could really impact people in a short amount of time is really important. And you need the experience and the teaching experience around that topic to know how to pare it down in a way that's the most effective. And so no longer teaching on things that I'm not comfortable teaching, but teaching on things that I'm extremely comfortable teaching, I think has helped me create at least more quality workshops. 
The best workshops I've been involved in have always had some form of humor associated with Well, that's with you. Them. And often <laughs> it's in the form of some sort of surprise, making people making people a little bit uncomfortable. Um uh you know, because because I I I mean I truly believe that uh, in order to get people to practice doing something new or different, they, they need to be a little bit uncomfortable. And, and you know, you, you, it's just human nature that if you're not uncomfortable, you'll go back to the things that, you know, you're, you're, you're happy with, you're already happy with. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think this ties into the educational and the organizational literature and theoretical basis, specifically the one that we like to talk about is um, Lewin's theory of change and how you need to have that, you know, little bit of surprise, unpleasant disconfirmation that motivates people internally to want to learn more and apply it and change and kind of practice it. So. Absolutely. I, I think the best workshop that I ever did was one of the first ones that we did at IMSH. My colleagues, John Pulowski and David Feinstein and I put together this, uh, this workshop. And it was one of the first workshops we ever did about debriefing. And so we decided that I should demonstrate the debriefing and get the audience to help me, and that we wanted to demonstrate how to debrief when there's conflict. And, uh, and so we needed something to start off with that would represent some conflict. And, you know, conflict doesn't happen that often in debriefings, and so we just struggled with how were we going to have some, you know, something for me to debrief that represented conflict. So we came up with this, just, it was just hysterically funny. So they uh, got up on the podium and they started to present this, this lecture and it involves slides. And uh, David Feinstein put the first couple of slides up there. And then John was sitting next to him and tapped him and said, David, David, I don't think that's the right slide you have there. Uh, did you get the? I love the story. Did, did you get the new one, the new <laughs> set that I left on your desk? And, and he kind of goes, "Well, John, no, no, we'll just keep going." And he, John says, "Okay." And then uh, he puts the next slide up and starts talking about it. And John reaches over and says, "David, David, wait, wait, wait. That that's my slide. I'm supposed to talk about that one." And and so they did that. And then and it just got worse and worse and worse. And they started fighting about whose slide and what they were supposed to say and why didn't they get the right slide set? And they just had this fight on the podium. <laughs> and Jeff Cooper, our director, I, yeah. was... Oh, that's what I was going to say. The first time I heard this story, yeah. I heard it from Jeff. So Jeff Cooper uh, uh, was our director and he was in the audience and we hadn't told him what we were going to do. And all of a sudden you heard this... Oh my God! <laughs> From Jeff, <laughs> he was so mortified that this whole talk we were giving had 
<laughs> I love decompensated <laughs> and was horrible. And he turned around in his seat. I can see him to this day. And he put his he put his hands <laughs> over his eyes and he looked down oh, and shaking his head like, so oh funny. my God, these idiots. He was just so upset. And, you know, finally we stopped it and said, okay, the simulation's terminated and uh, and now we're going to do a debriefing. And he, he suddenly got it, as did the rest of the audience. And, and I, I think it was so effective, you know, because it was it just made everyone in the room. They did such a great job of of acting that they made everyone in the room uncomfortable. I mean, I was feeling uncomfortable, and I knew the script. <laughs> and, and, and you know the 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 buzz just was you know it was it was difficult to. To, to continue because the audience was still buzzing as we were doing the debriefing and they got so engaged in how to handle the conflict um, that, that, you know, that we had depicted. It was just a really wonderful workshop. And so, well, you know, we've done. And that just, that just has your fingerprint on it. And, and we've, and we have duplicated that in other workshops. And so I want to talk about that because, you know, every, every time we do it, we get at least one or two people that are just a tad bit upset that we threw them off in the beginning. And it goes against, I don't know, they'll quote some sort of like educational methodologies of things never to do. (laughs) We still do it because it is effective, but you know, maybe we should talk about as well uh, the impact it has on on the few individuals that don't appreciate that element of surprise in that way. Yeah, I I, I guess I um, you know, I I don't have so much of a problem with it because when you think about every thing in life that gets presented, some people don't like it. So every movie you see every book you see, every television show you watch has some element of surprise. It's what creates tension in entertainment. Every comedian, mm-hmm. you know, depends, humor depends on uh, on surprise. You know, any joke, you get taken along your brain starts to make assumptions about what comes next. And then when something different comes along, we find it funny. Most of us. There's always somebody <laughs> who doesn't think it's funny, who feels that it went over some, crossed some line for them. And, oh, yeah. and they yeah. don't go see that comedian again, or they say, I don't like that person, or I don't like that movie, or I didn't like that book. or And, and everybody's entitled to their opinion about it. But it doesn't mean that we, you know, that, 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 you know, every movie needs to be completely contentless. I was going to use Bambi as an example, but that's a terrible example because it has all <laughs> kinds of surprise and tension in it. Um, some it's people, got the biggest 
Some people don't like Bambi. (laughs) Um, uh, And, and, you know, they feel like, oh, my God, you know, the mother dying in Bambi is terrible. And what a bad lesson for children. And that movie should be banned. And, you know, I I, I just I just think, yeah, um, you know, you know, every one of us is entitled to not like something and to feel bad about something uh, that gets presented to us. But, you know, it doesn't end your life. It doesn't, uh, uh, you know, damage you irreparably. You you, you just say, I'm not going to go listen to this person again. I'm not going to go to a workshop that these people present again, because I really don't like being surprised like that. And, and, uh, and so, you know, so uh, I, I don't have so much a problem with it unless it gets extreme. If the, yeah. if the surprise and the, you know, like I, I don't like horror movies because they bother me a lot. And, and, <laughs> but, but, you know, I choose not to go to them. I, I, I don't, I don't say they shouldn't make horror movies anymore. So anyway, I think what you're speaking to is the benefits of violating the norm. And, and I think there's huge benefit to it in workshops. And, and I wish people would violate the norm a lot more because we'd see a hell of a lot more creative workshops. I don't know. I hope our listeners will do that. Yeah, yeah. I find ways to make it different because I think that's how we can create more engaging workshops and and kind of steer away from the traditional PowerPoint um unidirectional learning. Yeah. yeah. I, I it's such a trap, you know. You know, I think that's what people should spend their effort is trying to come up with a twist or something clever that um that makes it a little different, makes their workshop a little different. I think I think people most people will appreciate it. And and it also speaks to the basis of the, you know, the theory of emotional learning. And when you're doing a knowledge transaction through PowerPoint, you're not really activating people's emotions. You might not. You might. You might not. And if you can create exercises that can leverage and create emotional responses where you can then create learning opportunities. I don't want to get into that theory too much, but if you can create moments of like emotional moments where you can imprint some uh, learning, I think that's that's really where the value is in terms of creating exciting workshops, more engaging workshops. There you go. Absolutely. The other thing about workshops that I think is uh, is important to keep in mind is that um, no matter what you're teaching. Uh, people to do, they need to practice it. And so providing that forum in your workshop for people to uh, practice in some way, whatever you're talking about. So if it's some form of debriefing or giving feedback or some way of conducting a simulation or um, creating psychological safety, whatever the topic is, um, and you're asking people to do something, you need to give them a chance to practice doing it. And so you should be, you should have built into your workshop 
some exercise where they can try it out and see what it sounds yeah. like in their own voice. And, and yeah. even if it's just a starter, just a, an appetizer for them to leave saying, you know, I need to work on this, I could, but I know how to practice it because I tried it once. Um, I think yeah, that's really and important. I agree. It's, it's like when you present something new, you know, people might be like, oh, that's really cool. It's really cool. I can do that. But if there's no exercise, as, as we know, knowing is not doing. And when they actually go to apply it, it's not as easy as it looks. And so creating some sort of exercise where you can uncover some of the challenges so that you can discuss it, you know, can actually, they can, they can take that learning to practice. Right. Right. And and the other thing that I've learned is involving the right faculty. And I I think in the past when I ha- when I've had so many workshops that I was presenting and I really just kind of wanted to get it done, I would make sure to invite faculty that would make it the easiest to get it done. And now I have learned to invite faculty that would give me a lot of pushback because I think when you get that pushback you get more creative. Um, well, you consider a lot more in depth of the of the impact of the learning and how to effectively uh, create exercises for the learning, but also to think about the things you weren't thinking about. And and yeah, it is it is a slower process. Yet the quality of the workshop is just so much better when you've got different perspectives. So I'll I will make sure to bring in people that will push back against, you know, whatever I've created. I, I think there's one last thing that I think about in, in workshops that I know and uh, is always a struggle, uh, and that is getting the timing right. And uh, there's such a tendency to be way too ambitious and think each sub-exercise is going to take you know, less time than it actually takes. And so I think that, that you know, piloting your workshop, you know, simulating uh, the, those exercises, uh, always keeping in mind that you're much more likely to have too much than too little um, uh, mm-hmm. can really help you, you know, make a, make a workshop fit in the allotted time so that you're not, you know, rushing to, jam in uh, uh, information at the end, or you're forced to make really difficult decisions on the fly of what to cut out. Um, and I, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where, you know, I've had three or four parts to the exercise and, you know, I see the times running out and I've only done two of them. <laughs> so what, what are we going to cut out? Um, and I, I just think that that's not a good strategy. I think you have to plan it more accurately. I think that is the value of having experience in whatever you're teaching and having taught it for years before running a workshop is knowing what your plan B's and C's could be without impacting your actual objective and supporting that objective. And and I don't think I would, would know that on a new topic. And so I think the experience actually helps with all those redirections when it comes to time. All right, Janice. Well, I know you got to get to work and plan your workshop. So, uh, so yeah, and I go. wanted to ask you if if you um, wanted to join me in my workshop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, actually, I could do that probably because uh, uh, several of the workshops that I was signed up for uh, to help other people um, are not going to be presented either because they weren't accepted or because they were combined with other workshops or something happened. So, uh, so I'm, act- Fantastic. I'm, I'm actually pretty free. All right. Good. Good. Okay. We'll talk about that, Dan. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thanks for listening. Hope to see you at IMSH uh, at our workshop. Fantastic. DJ Simulationistas, sup? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>